You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I just want to uh, say hi to two of our dearest friends that are in town here in Salt Lake City, Paul and Laura Smith. Welcome. We love you guys. Man. I know. I know. We might send you guys up here and uh, let us know how, how everything's going. Um, yeah, Paul and Laura from San Diego, we served on a team with them for many years, did a connect group with them, and have just begun, uh, we do life together. And it's just, they're just beautiful friends, which is going to be part of my message today. So let's get to it right now. Um, the title of my message today is called In Summary. And I, I got... This message got sparked in me actually on Wednesday night because uh, I don't know if some of you may have heard, but I am a walking miracle because my wife went to San Diego for three days and left me with our two (laughs) boys and they're alive and I'm alive. And when she got home, I said, babe, I just need a salad because we lived on junk food the whole time. (laughs) It was terrible. But... um, it was on Wednesday night, and because I was uh, solo dad in it, um, I was not 100% sure what my communion message was going to be till pretty close to getting here. And I was asking God, and I, I was, you know, that's the beauty of having a daily regiment of Bible reading. You don't realize how much ammunition you give the Holy Spirit when you read your Bible on the regular, okay? Because he, use, he speaks in pictures most of the time. And your word, your brain files words, not as words, as pictures. That's why when I say elephant, you don't see the word. What do you see? An elephant in your head. Your file cabinet pulls up pictures. So the Holy Spirit uses the word to give us pictures in our brain of what he's doing to show us insight of what he's doing. So just from my, my last time I read my Bible, I got thinking about this topic of if you were on your final leg, your, your deathbed, which I'm prophesying will all be for all of us in like, depending on your age, but you know, you're 110, 120, whatever you want to go at, okay? But you're on that last leg and you're ready to go home. What you're going to say in those moments is probably what is most important to you in the world. And so I got drawn to what did Jesus talk about right before the cross? Because And not just for him, but he was leaving, you know, he wasn't going to stay dead, obviously, but he was going to transition. And after three years of preparing these 12 misfits, I mean, truly misfits, like people that most people would have been like, "Eh, probably not going to be used very well by God. You're probably not going to achieve too much. He didn't go to Harvard and Yale, just didn't show up and go to Harvard and Yale and be like, all right, where's my Ivy League dudes? No, he picked up the construction workers. He picked up the the fishermen. He picked up the tax collectors, which weren't very popular dudes back then. Okay. He went and he just, he got this this rough group of guys. And for three years, just saturated them in kingdom culture, saturated them. You read, how many times do you say this? The kingdom is like this. He was trying to show them the kingdom of heaven because their mandate was going to be to start the church and bring, usher in God's kingdom here on earth. And so at the very end, he summarizes what is most important and what they're going to need. 
as they go. And he gives them a practice that we do in church still today, communion. I never want us to take communion lightly. I'm telling you, I, I like, I need to make a holster with those little communion cups, you know, like a Rambo, like ammunition holster, because I'm always stealing a couple extra because I'm always taking communion, man. I'll hit, I'll hit a situation, I'm like, oh, hold on. You know, take the, I mean, I can open those things so fast, one-handed, I can open them in my pocket. I am a communion junkie. But the reason I am is because communion reminds me what Jesus has given me access to. It's why it was his last commandment is do this in remembrance of me. Paul brings it up when he's trying to get the church back in alignment in 1 Corinthians, where's my scripture? 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. I want to read this real quick. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, and this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, that's the key word, proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Jesus wanted us to have a staple in our Christian walk that proclaimed and reminded us what he did. What he did. Why? Because as Becca said so brilliantly, tapped into what the Holy Spirit wanted to do today, Acts isn't over. There was no ending to the book of Acts. Thank you, Rich. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. You get it. You get it. Acts isn't over. The church is still meant to shape, shift, and transform culture on earth today. We are still meant to do it. That didn't go away. And I just want to hit this. I don't know why I'm drawn to this, but I want to hit this little note here. And this is not picking on anybody. The Bible does talk about us being prepared that Jesus could come at any moment. But if I was to be honest with you from, from a pastor's heart, not our church, not Awaken, but as a whole, because Jesus loves the whole church, I'm like, this is not the bride Jesus deserves yet. And that's not a knock. I love the church. There are great churches all over the world. But man, we can do so much more. And I just want to challenge us that, yes, we need to always be ready and live like it could happen any minute. Live with purpose and a push. But at the same time, we are called to shape culture, to disciple people. All right? Not just, uh, you know, not just the the fill, you know, go out and just get people to say a prayer over and over and over and over and over. Now, that's important. But if we just leave them with that and we say, well, I don't have time to disciple you because I'm on to the next thing. Discipleship is so important. And I'm an evangelist by heart. My favorite thing to do in church is an altar call for, to accept Jesus. But I've just seen that, you know, I can only do so much. But if Rich and Pastor Andy and Anthony, and Lonnie, and them, and all of them are also being discipled, growing in their faith, and they're reaching out, the compound effect of all of us reaching out and helping people and growing people. So that's the point. The theme of is enlarged today. 
God is enlarging our church and enlarging the people in this room. Now, here is the number one and only requirement on your end that you have to accept if you want to be enlarged by Jesus. You ready for this? You're going to be uncomfortable. It's just part of the deal. Doesn't mean you're always in perpetual pain. I'm not talking about, you know, you're going to have achy joints, but I'm talking about you are always going to feel a little out of your league. You're always going to feel like a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Because like Pastor Jurgen said, the day you've got it is the day God goes, perfect. Now let's put you back where I had you in the first place, where you don't, you don't want a miracle, you depend on a miracle. And I have had to wrestle with that because I love comfort. I do. I used to camp in tents. And then the first time I stayed in a motorhome, I was like, this is how God intended this. <laughs> I know half the men are like, cancel him, you know. <laughs> but I love comfort, man. I just, I'm drawn to it. You know, when I'm going to go on vacation, I want white sand, 85 degrees, and, you know, just a little umbrella and some kind of fun drink on the beach. That's what I want. And I want the maximum amount of movement required me to flip over so I'm cooking evenly on both sides. That, that's, I'm hardwired that way. Human beings are hardwired to strive for comfort. Part of the Christian walk is saying, God... I would rather be epic than comfortable. Not I would rather be in pain, but I would rather be epic. And part of the price is just feeling a little uncomfortable at all times. And actually, after a while, you can get comfortable in uncomfortable in a good, healthy way. Like it actually, I feel weird when I don't have something I'm contending for now and believing God for. Like, I'm like, oh shoot, did I miss it? Did I miss the train? What's, what's, where are you going, God? Because everything I have has required a level of faith to achieve. That, and that's, and, I, and I, so I'll admit it, sometimes I complain. I'm like, God, can just one thing in my life not have to be a, a God story? <laughs> could, I just, could I just get one house? without having to believe and hold on and wait in this hotel, right? <laughs> Could I just do one thing? And God's like, if you want to be average, if you want to be average, if you don't want to see the miracle, if you don't want to see me move. And so I just, I encourage you, God's enlarging you. If you feel a little uncomfortable, awesome. Welcome, welcome to the party because the day you're at a place in life where you need no miracles from God, that's actually a very dangerous place. King David got to that place sitting on his roof. Didn't work out well for him. If you're new and you don't know what I'm talking about, it'll be like a little treasure hunt. Go look up King David on a roof, okay? Read the story. It's a good one. I don't have time. All right. So Jesus gives us communion. And then I looked at all the teachings right around that spot in the Gospels. And I would sum them up with these three points, okay? So this is, in summary, what does the church need to know to continue the work of Acts, to continue to be a ground-taking, getting people saved, getting people discipled, getting people free, getting people delivered, getting people healed, seeing miracles, okay? Because we see them. We see them. I'll talk about a few when I get down here, but what, a, what a, in summary did Jesus say is the most important thing? So point number one, Jesus is the only way. Look, the church cannot bend a knee to SJW theology, social justice warrior. It cannot bend a knee to the coexist sticker. 
Do I want everyone to live in peace? Yeah, oh man, I'm pushing against something. Let me tell you something. The coexist sticker is not a reality. And if you have one, I'm not knocking you. I didn't check the parking lot. I don't know. I didn't, wasn't watching who has one. But I am telling you that Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. There is not all roads lead to the same God. You can take this, this theology and you can see it actually prophesied all the way back in Genesis. Okay, the story of Genesis talks about two trees in a garden. One tree was the tree of life. It was a tree, a singular tree. That was the tree of life. The other tree was the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? I'm going to do my best to try to articulate this. But every other religion, every other religion in the world has a man must conform and strive to reach God or God likeness. Okay? You must do to be. The whole thing with the tree of knowledge of good and evil was man became aware of their fault and they overcompensate. They, we all know in our heart, we all know in our heart when we have missed the mark. We have like this internal thing that tells us, you know, I'm not reaching what God intended me to do. I'm not being the person I'm supposed to be. And so what we do is we will pick a topic, usually something we're okay at, and we will try to compensate for our lack over here. This is the knowledge of good and evil. This is man trying to do his work to get God's approval. And anything that's birthed it from that tree leads to death. Now, the knowledge, now, so now we come over to the tree of life. The thing that's different about Christianity, Muhammad, dead. Buddha, dead, okay? But Christianity says you absolutely cannot reach God on your own. So God came in and took your place to restore the justice side of him, to put us in alignment with him and gave himself so that we could be, not do, but be his children. And we do not work for salvation, we work from salvation. That is the difference. I am saved because of Jesus. Everything I do is out of the overflow of Jesus already did this for me. I just want you guys to get that. I want the people out here to get that. Jesus did it, man. It is finished. It is done. I have a heavenly father. I have access to him. Jesus did it all. Well, where's that in the Bible? Glad you asked. Jan, John 14, 6. This is right around. Jesus, this is his last stuff right here, okay? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that doesn't sound very inclusive. <laughs> I know. That's not super tolerant. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus desires that no man, no man would not know him. That's why he's working overtime and giving us the Holy Spirit because we are his ambassadors. It, we are, we have to step into, man, I gotta, I gotta get people saved. I gotta get people to church. I gotta get people discipled. I gotta get my neighbors. I gotta get my workplace. I gotta love on people. That's us. Jesus, we, he gave us, Ridge, go back to Genesis. He gave us the world. Said, be fruitful, multiply, and govern and take dominion of the world. We gave it to Satan. Said, hey, we, whatever, we're gonna disobey. Jesus came and said, nope, give it back, Satan. Stomp your head. 
paid the price that it would take, gave us back the keys. That whole, I, I get it, I get it. My heart breaks for loss. But let the breaking break you into movement. Break you into action. Break you into continuing the book of Acts. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just pushing on some of this. If I offended you, come talk to me after. I'm trying to summarize a really big thing in, in one point. But Jesus is the only way. Okay, point number two. Love and serve. Love and serve. So in summary, what was Jesus' main thing he wanted his disciples to do? He said, I want you to love each other. And then they had this in Luke, they had this dispute about, well, who's gonna be the greatest? And Jesus told them, you wanna know who's the greatest? Whoever serves the most. I came to serve the whole world. That puts me pretty high, okay? <laughs> Whoever serves the most. Love and serve. Where's that in the Bible? All right, glad you asked again. Luke twenty-two twenty-seven. For who is greater? This is him talking about serving. Who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? It is not the one who sits at the table. Yet I am among you, the one who serves. Can I tell you that there's so much fulfillment when you take, this is like one of the biggest steps in your Christian walk. When you step from coming and just, you know, receiving at the table, eating, to saying, you know what? I'm gonna serve in church. I'm gonna serve in church. I'm telling you, your Christian walk goes to a whole nother level. And this is not just a sales pitch to get you to serve in kids' church. However, I have a special, I have a special place in my heart for those who serve in kids' church because they're raising the next generation. There's no higher calling than to raise up the next generation of the church. But it's not, so we serve. This is how God made discipleship to happen. You say, well, I, how do I disciple people? You serve. You serve. You serve. And when you start serving, let me tell you what happens. First, you'll start serving. And if there's any ish, it usually comes up when you're serving. Right? And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, yeah, see that? See how you uh, never seem to be on time when you're serving? See how you never, uh, how you always, you know, oh, I can't do it this week, just deny the request. He'll highlight things. He'll highlight things because he loves you. And that same problem at church is causing problems in your marriage and it's causing problems in your work and is why you're not getting the promotion is why you're not growing to the next level. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit loves you enough that in serving, he can highlight things. Now, it's not all negative either, let me tell you. After you kind of go through that and you say, Jesus, help me, because he's already done it for you. Jesus, help me grow out of this. Let me figure out why maybe I'm insecure. Maybe I'm, I'm in, unintentionally pushing away from being involved because I don't want to deal with this issue, whatever it is. The Holy Spirit is your helper and he'll help you. But then you start getting into, oh man, I'm feeling alive. Then all of a sudden, a leader starts to notice, hey, you know what? Lonnie is probably the friendliest guy in our church. And man, he has a heart for people. If he sees somebody pull up and then they get out and then they look like they change their mind, he'll chase down that car. He'll rip... He'll rip the muffler right off the back of your car if you try to run away from church. And the Holy Spirit will start to tell you, you know, who has, you know who, what kind of people have hearts like that for people? Pastors, shepherds, people that genuinely love, that, that, that just true love for people. Sorry to pick on you, Lonnie. You're a good guy. Or, you know, you see, you see Corey up here and he's, he's got a voice. He's got some pipes. Okay, so he's singing. 
singing. He's not, you know, he's not out. He's, he's over here. He's not trying to get right in the spotlight. He's just like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do. But I see some energy on him. I see that there's passion. And I start to realize, wait, the greatest warriors are the greatest worshipers. That guy's a fighter. So where am I going to sick him on the devil? Because he's a fighter. He's going to drop kick the devil if I sick him on the devil. So what's he got in his future? You see what I'm saying? When you start to serve, when you're serving a kid's church, and you are just literally magnetic, right? Kids are just all over you. All the boys are like, like Brian, my man Brian. I saw some pictures of my boys in superhero costumes, which is their number one love language and thing in life. <laughs> but you know who else I saw wearing a mask and a cape? It's Brian. And then I realized that, you know what? He's pretending to be a hero for those kids, but he's a legitimate hero for a lot of people, especially for his family. And that he's contending and fighting for miracles right now in his family. And that there's, there's so much on this guy. You see, in serving, your gifting gets highlighted. And that's when it gets really fun because we're an empowering church, okay? We need more of everything. Maybe you have this incredible gift for creating atmosphere. Devin can use you, okay? <laughs> Get this sound perfect in here. Get the lighting perfect. Pyrotechnics in the future, you know? <laughs> Whatever. You probably need to look at not wood floors. But anyways, the point is, is that your gifts come out in serving. And let me tell you the third thing about serving. When life comes at you really hard, your team will be the ones. When my son was on life support, we've talked about the story in here, but when my son was on life support, the first people at the hospital are sitting right here who I've been serving with for a couple years. The first people to get there and pray with us besides one of the pastors, Pastor Lance, who prayed for healing and all the breakthrough. But, but, but point is that my people, you know, I, we didn't go without a single meal. At some point at the hospital, I was like trying to feed nurses because I'm like, we have so much food coming from our team, from the people we've served with, from the people that we do connect with. Now, let me hit real quick on love. So Jesus said, love and serve each other. Connect group, if you're not in a connect group, you're missing out on so much love. Because it's the place where you start to get known. And the most important thing is that you will not be great at loving people unless first you can receive love. And where that gets unraveled is being in a connect group. I'll tell you this, if, if, you, if you feel like, man, I'd love to have people, I love hospitality, I'd love to have people in my house, I love talking about Jesus, I wanna share Jesus, but you have never gone to a connect group faithfully, it's really hard for me to know if you can receive love because in a connect group is where things get real and you get loved on and you start to learn how to get loved on. That's good preaching, I know, I know. The people in connect group are like, amen, right? Why am I, why am I bringing all this up? Because I want you guys to enlarge. I want to enlarge. And so connect group, listen, I'll be totally, let's be really honest. When we first started going to connect group, I hated it. I did. I, I, I had a thing. I'm like, ah, I just, oh. people are going to ask me to be like vulnerable and, and share my feelings. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if it's a male thing or just a me thing. I think it was more a me thing. But I just, oh, I don't, oh we're going to sit in a circle. We'll all look at each other. 
They're going to ask me Bible questions and what if I don't know? You know, you go through all that, but you know what? It was all insecurity on my end. Why wouldn't I want people to ask me how I'm doing and really care how I'm doing? Well, maybe I, it's because I wasn't ready to share how I'm doing. But in the truth, the truth sets you free. Discipleship is doing life with people. It's not going, and listen, our connect groups are fun too, by the way. I, I, they're not like this, all right, everyone sit in a circle and we're gonna read this whole chapter of the Bible. That'll take 20 minutes. And then I'm gonna give you all the Greek interpretations. That'll take another 20 minutes. And then I'll, uh, I'll tell you my personal revelation. That'll take an hour. And then, then at the end, I'll be like, any questions? No, okay, cool, go home. You know, no. No, man, I mean, we laugh, we have fun. You know, kids are running around screaming, breaking things. It's, it's chaos, it's beautiful, you know? If you're a young adult, you know, you're going out and you're having fun. You're going to the best restaurants. You're talking about where, where the fun is happening here in Utah. We are living life with Jesus at the center. All right, so, yeah, amen, <laughs> amen. Love and serve. It's a little quiet. Everybody good? All right, all right. I'm sorry. If, I, if I'm punching a little, I just, it's because I love you. And it's so easy to fix. Let me tell you what you can do right after this message. If you're not on a team, go talk to the people over there in the corner right there. Ted, go talk to them over there. Actually, it's this way, right? To the right. Okay. Go talk to someone in a high shirt and they'll tell you where to go in the orange shirt. If you're not in a connect group, go find somebody in an orange shirt and they'll tell you where to go. We'll get you plugged in. We'll get you in DNA. We'll get your enlargement started today. We will get your enlargement started today. And then here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. You want to double time your enlargement when you get done with DNA? Serving Kids Church first. I'm just going to throw it out there. You want to just like blow up and all of a sudden all the giftings are right there and just exploding and you're hitting revival? Kids Church. Okay. Last one, three to five. Yeah, now the, now the team leaders are yelling out names like, oh, serving bubs. All right, next. <laughs> next, and I also ensure if you don't have kids, like help, help a parent out. <laughs> help a, you, you know, sometimes you think like, oh, I don't have kids, so I don't really feel like I need to serve kids. No, help a parent out. And the favor will be returned when you have kids. <laughs> All right, last thing, last point, point number three, and I'll have the keys come up. This is a fun point, okay, ready? I, I, I kind of beat us up, but let me tell you what Jesus also wanted to remind us, that when he was leaving, he was leaving us with power. He was leaving us with power. It's Pentecost Sunday. If you go into your Bible in the book of Acts, that's when... Everything Jesus had been preparing his disciples for got activated when the Holy Spirit showed up. Everything that God had been building his people for and getting ready to launch a church was contingent on the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of crazy stuff going on at church in the last couple months. It's been really fun. We had Pastor Stacy up here, people getting their prayer language. We had a... a, a kind of impromptu little freedom training night. A lot of people were at that and people got just delivered. You hear these crazy things that you read about in Acts, like, like speaking in tongues and, and miracles and, and deliverances and, and, and it, it can be a little scary, but it's 
what it was supposed to look like. Jesus, most of his ministry was either miracles, was either healing or delivering people. And he came to build a church that understood that in the right alignment with our father, because of what Jesus did, in being willing to grow in our faith, that the Holy Spirit can come and he brings power. John 14, 12 and 13 says it like this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father, next verse, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The handoff for the church was the Holy Spirit. Jesus dealt with our sin, dealt with our failures, connected us back to God. But he says, it's good that I leave because I am sending the helper. I am sending the power. Christianity got so fun for me when I got understood that there's power in it. Can I just tell you like some radical stories? So when I, I remember one time me and my wife were sleeping as you do in the middle of the night. And I had this crazy dream with my cousin who was going to Bible college in Washington, or no, Colorado. And uh, <clears throat> it was a really spiritual dream. And I woke up, I shot up out of the dream, yelled Jesus and I was praying in tongues. And in the dream, I was trying to yell Jesus because it was really crazy and demonic. So I was just praying in tongues when I woke up. So I, began, I kept doing it until I felt like I didn't need to. The same exact thing happened like 20 minutes later to my wife. So the next morning, I, we like, were just having coffee and I'm like, babe, I had a weird dream and I woke up praying in tongues. She's like, oh my gosh, I had a weird dream. And I'm like, yeah, it was about my cousin Caitlin. She's like, oh my gosh, mine was about your cousin Caitlin. <laughs> we found out, like, okay, and this is the sad thing. We didn't call her right away, which is really dumb. <laughs> we're just busy. But we saw her, when we saw, last next time we saw her, we're both like, oh my gosh, we need to talk to you. And we looked back at the calendar date and she's like, that's crazy because she was the RA at her college and that very night, one of the girls had given away her purity and was just totally distraught because she, you know, boy said, I love you, but used her and, and, uh, and she was praying with her. And then she, was so moved by this story that she went to every, that night she was going to every room and praying with every girl on the, on, in the dorm, praying that if they had, you know, made mistakes in that, that, they're, that they would know that God can restore and he heals. And then those who hadn't prayed for strength. And it became like this whole big dorm Bible study with all the girls in there getting together, loving on each other, doing accountability. And while she was contending for that, the Holy Spirit told us three states away, wake up and pray for her. It's the power. It's the power of God. I remember when we were trying to have uh, children before our first two, we had two miscarriages. And the crazy thing is my, one of my best friends was my neighbor and we shared a wall. And at the same time they were trying to have a child, they had three miscarriages. Neither one of us could get pregnant. And so, you know, finally a little broken, I've come to the altar saying, you know, and I was like, God, like, what's going on? And Pastor Jurgen comes up to me and says, hey, 
I want to come to your house tomorrow. I want to pray over the, your guys' wall. There's something going on in the house that both of you guys are losing babies. Came over, prayed over our house, anointed it with oil. Both of us. You look, we both have two kids, same age, got pregnant at the same time. Okay? I don't know if it was exactly the same time. The walls were good soundproof, but we did get pregnant at the same <laughs> Roughly. Sorry, sorry. Come back, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Never struggled with it again. We've seen tumors disappear. People in this campus, we've seen tumors disappear. We've seen the power of God fall. But the cool thing is, is that's not just for me or Loren or the Bogles or the Craigs. That's for the church. That's for the church. And as we live in this stretch, as we live in this stretch, I wanna challenge you, church, begin to cultivate a life of prayer and not wimpy prayers, not being mean, but not the prayers to say, Lord, if you just would, if you're willing, could you maybe? He doesn't, he's, he's not into that. He likes declarative. In the name of Jesus, I declare that this school debt is canceled. I declare that you are gonna make a way that I am not a slave to this anymore. In the name of Jesus, I declare that this sickness leaves the body. In the name of Jesus, I declare that my I have a financial turnaround, that I won't be struggling to pay my bills. In the name of Jesus, I command these things to happen. Jesus is not embarrassed of bold prayers. He likes them. He's into it. He loves it. And he wants a long enough prayer list that you can see a trail that he has actually showed you that is real because it's in that stretch of believing. It's in that stretch of believing. I remember a friend called me and her mom was on her deathbed. I might've shared this story here. I can't remember what I shared at men's prayer here, but her mom was on her deathbed. And I wanted as a, as a friend to comfort them, say, no matter what happens, it's gonna be okay. But she wasn't calling me. She wasn't calling me to prepare her to lose her mom. She was calling me and, and her husband were calling me because they wanted to contend for a miracle because they weren't ready to lose her mom. And so I made this conscious choice that I have to trust God that even if I'm wrong, I begin to declare, I begin to declare your mom is not gonna die. This happened very recently. Your mom will not die. She will live. We will believe you're gonna go in there. I don't care what COVID says. You're gonna go in that hospital room. You're gonna pray in tongues over her. You're gonna speak life over her. You're you're gonna command that death leave her bed. So what did they do? They went in, they start praying tongues. Nurse comes in, she goes, she shuts the door. She says, I'm a Christian, but I don't pray in tongues. Can I pray with you guys? Can I do this? She gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now three people are praying in tongues, praying in tongues over her. And she's up, she's up. And I wanna say this one last thing. There, and I'm just gonna be really real. There are other things I have prayed for and for whatever reason, I have not seen the breakthrough I thought I would see in that area. And they're anomalies to me, they're mysteries to me. But I can honestly tell you in my life, I have more anomalies and or less anomalies and mysteries than I have miracles. It actually now shocks me when a healing doesn't happen. 
which is really cool. And I don't get the privilege of changing his theology based off of my experience. I have to elevate my experience to Jesus's theology. That's a really good point. We don't get the privilege of making theology around our experience. We begin to saturate our life in the word and begin to believe and declare. But the reason I see, I, I see non-answered prayers as anomalies is because I'm praying for lots of things. This is, once again, if you're not at men's prayer and women's prayer, men's prayer 5.30 on Tuesdays, women's prayer at 6.30, we give you another hour, a little beauty rest, okay? Uh, but on Thursdays, you're missing out on something epic because we're doing this together and we'll hear one man say, I need prayer for this and we'll pray for him. And then next Tuesday, he's like, hey, God's story, it happened, it worked. The healing happened, the miracle happened, the house happened. God is trying to enlarge you because he loves this world. He loves this world. Vince set it up here, he said, we talk about money every week, why? It's not because y'all need to have Bentleys, okay? It's because, there's nothing wrong with that. It's because it's a tool that God can use to build altars. It's a tool that God can use to build orphanages. It's a tool that God can use to break kids out of sex trafficking. It's a tool that we can give, that we can harness as a church. And I don't wanna be the church that can't answer the call because we didn't have the faith for the miracle to be the answer. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. So, Jesus is the only way. Serving love is how you're developed and then you have power. Let's stand to our feet. I think what God wants to do is show off. And so I, I'm, I'm, as I'm feeling what I wanna, to happen here tonight is what I want to do is I want you to close your eyes real quick. And first, if you're if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because He's the only way, I'm going to give you that quick invite because that's really simple. He's already seeking you. He just needs you to to give Him to give Him. He's given you free choice, so you give your life to Him. So. If you don't know Jesus or you feel like, you know what, at one point I did kind of prepare, but I have just taken my life back full go and I need to make sure that I put Jesus back in his rightful place as the Lord of my life. I'm gonna give you opportunity. I'm gonna have you raise your hand uh, when, I, when I count to three um, and we're gonna pray with you and I wanna include you in this prayer. So if you need Jesus in your life, if you need to make him Lord of your life, because that's the first step, on the count of three, we just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. One, two, three. Who needs Jesus? Thank you. One. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Who else? Stick that hand in the hair so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. I see you back there. Anyone else? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Come on. 
Thank you. I see that hand. Okay, so there's a good amount of you. So here's what we're going to do. And I, I'm not meaning to trick you. It's just with this many people. I want to pray with you and you are in the safest place possible. But part of just stepping out with Jesus is that, uh, you know, it's coming to that altar experience. So if you raised your hand, you can bring your friend if you want, or if you, you know, you want to grab your friend, but I'm going to ask you to come up here so I can pray with you real quick. So come on church, let's give him a hand. If your hand was up, come up to the front, come down here and shake my hand. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray. And this is a safe room. This is a safe room. Everyone in this room has already done this or is gonna do this. Okay, you guys just stand up here and you face me. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Okay, I give you a Okay. So proud of you. So. I'm gonna pray, the whole church is gonna pray with you. Some of the best people in our church are behind you, have their back, their hand on you. God's hand is on you, Charlie. He's really doing, he loves you so much. He is after you, because he's gonna do great things with you. He really is. All you guys, all you guys here, I'm just proud of you, man. I can tell, tell, proud of you, proud of you. Some of you, I know this road here has been a little harsh, but listen, Jesus has got you. Okay, so we're gonna pray together. Whole church is gonna pray out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you now to be Lord of my life. I give you the steering wheel. I choose to follow you, to grow with you, to be discipled with you, and to be used by you. I repent of my sins. I leave them here on the altar. And I ask you now to fill me with your presence, with your peace, and your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.